Season 7, Episode 10. Hi, I'm Lewis Lampley. Welcome to this edition of Journey of Discovery. In this episode, I will continue the 11-part series on the topic, The Righteousness of God Through Faith. That's right. The Righteousness of God Through Faith. In Romans chapter 3, verse 19 to 21, we read... But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forth as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because of his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. In Philippians chapter 3 verse 4 to 10, Paul reflects on his past life as a Pharisee. This is what he said, quote, If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised, listen to him carefully, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that pens on faith that I may know him and in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That is a powerful statement right there. Powerful statement, becoming like him in his death. In order that I may, here it is again, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Those three words, found in him. That is, Paul was in Christ positionally. His union with Christ was possible only because God imputed Christ's righteousness to him so that it was reckoned or counted as his own. That was a core conviction for Paul. Therefore, it is critical for you as a believer to embrace the fact, quote, the just shall live by faith, close quote. In fact, We too must be convinced of the doctrine of justification by faith alone because it leads us to, quote, being diligent 
to make sure our calling and election, close quote, and to be found and to be sure that we believe and teach the same gospel as the Apostle Paul preached and taught. Quote, Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us, that it shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Romans chapter 4, verse 23 to 25. The Bible teaches and the Baptist Catechism affirms that, quote, those whom God effectually calls, he also freely justifies, not by infusing righteousness into them, but by pardoning their sins and by accounting and accepting their persons as righteous, not for anything wrought in them or done by them, but for Christ's sake alone, not by imputing faith itself, the act of believing, or any other evangelical obedience to them as their righteousness, but by imputing Christ's active obedience unto the whole law and passive obedience in his death for the whole of whole and soul righteousness by faith, but which they have not of themselves. It is the gift of God. There are several passages point to that Romans 3:24, Romans 8:30, Romans 4, 5 to 8, Ephesians 1, 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 and 31, Romans 5, 17 to 19, Philippians 3, 8 and 9, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, John 1, 12, and Romans 5, 17. All of those passages focus on that glorious doctrine of faith. Faith, then, is the instrument rather than the condition of justification. In previous episodes, we learned that historically there are two basic issues at stake in the viewpoint one takes as to how sinners are saved. Listen carefully. One, the first has to do with man. Since the fall of man, what can man do toward his own salvation? It is not a question of man's responsibility because both reformers and Arminians, that is, God-centered and man-centered Christian, hold all fallen men accountable to God, and both call on all men to repent and believe the gospel, according to Mark 1, 15 and Acts 17, 31 and 20, 21. Second, the second issue has to do with God and what kind of salvation he sets before man is what God offers an actual salvation or a possible salvation. We have also seen the devastation of our uh, out-of-balance theology. Devastation, devastation. I was there a long time as a Christian to the Lord opened my eyes to the doctrines of grace. One, sovereignty of God 
God limits his control in accordance with man's freedom and response. And that's not right. His decrees are related to his foreknowledge of what man's response would be. That's not right. Second, election. God elected those whom he knew would believe on their own free will. That's not correct. Third, atonement. Christ died for the entire human race, making all mankind savable. His death is effective only in those who believe. That's out of out of whack also. That's the theology out of balance. Four, the will of man. Provenient grace is given to all people and is exercised on the entire person, including his will, giving man a free will. We've already, we've already said that's not correct. Five, grace. Through provenient or preparatory grace, which is given to all people, man is able to cooperate with God and respond to him in salvation. That is not correct. Provenient grace reverses the effects of Adam's sin. That doesn't work either. Number six, we'll talk about these varying out of balance theological statements. Perseverance. Believers may turn from grace and lose their salvation. But the truth of the matter, God's sovereignty is absolute and unconditional. He has determined all things according to the good pleasure of his will. His foreknowledge originates in advanced planning, not in advanced information. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. In other words, God is not only omniscient, that is all-knowing, he is omnisapient. Omnisapient, that means all-wise. That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. Now let's conclude with a praise note from Psalm 148, verse 3 to 4. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. Praise him, you heavens of heavens, and you waters above the heavens. We are to praise him for who he is. Praise him, praise him, praise him. So never forget, my friend, those whom God effectually calls, he also freely justifies, not by infusing righteousness into them, but by pardoning it's not about pardoning their sins. That's what he does. We, we don't have anything to do with that. And by accounting and accepting that person as righteous, not for anything wrought in them or us, or done by them or us, but for Christ's sake alone, not by imputing faith itself, the act of believing, or any other evangelical obedience to them as their righteousness, but by imputing, get this now, by imputing Christ's active obedience unto the whole law only, the Lord Jesus Christ kept the whole law, and passive obedience in his death for their whole and sole righteousness by faith, which faith they have not themselves. 
It is, get this, it is the gift of God. Isn't that sweet? It is the gift of God. All that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. All that we have all eternity. The bliss of heaven. The joy of heaven. Worship without any kind of interference. All of that is the gift of God. Well, that's it for now. I am wishing for you an amazing day. So cheer up and be glad in it. Good day.